Well, Treasury yields were rising again in the United States as equities fell. There's optimism around, even though the COVID numbers continue to rise. But there's been a bit of a turnaround since today's Treasury auctions in the US. So what does that tell us about the appetite for government debt? And China, the stimulus might be easing there, but the rhetoric with Australia isn't. It's Wednesday, the 13th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. bond yields did rise even further overnight. Ten-year treasuries rose up two basis points to 1.17%. At that stage, up 27 basis points in a month. But that has all changed now with a sharp fall to 1.14%. Meanwhile, the U.S. dollar has switched direction. Now it's back to that long-term trend of falling low. It's down over 0.2% this morning. The Aussie dollar, which fell more than the U.S. dollar yesterday, has risen more than the U.S. dollar today. It's up 0.6%. The pound is up 0.8%, even though they've had some rather shocking uh, COVID-19 statistics today. U.S. equities continue to fall. Uh, Well, they were until about an hour ago uh, as the session draws closer to an end. The S&P 500, which was down about half a percent, uh, the Nasdaq was down 0.2%, but they've both paired back and got rid of all, almost all of those losses. Of course, we saw tech stocks uh, leading uh, the ASX lower yesterday, of course. Maybe that'll ease off today as well, uh, if they're following what's happening in the United States. In Europe, the FTSE 100 down 0.6%, still geographically in Europe, isn't it, the FTSE? And the uh, Eurostox 50 down a quarter percent. And big rises in oil, around 1.3% for Brent and WTI. WTI you remember, it was down to $35 in early November. Now it's not far off $53, pre-COVID levels, basically. But, of course, uh, we are not pre uh, post-COVID just yet, unfortunately. Rodrigo Cotrill uh, is with me. He was part of the Northern Beaches lockdown, mild by comparison, Rodrigo, with the, uh, the lockdown they got in the UK. I think Boris Johnson's next move is he's going to chain people to the sofa because those numbers are are going up even more there. Look, Rodrigo is, of course, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in Sydney. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? I just mentioned how we've seen a, a turnaround in equities. What's also happened uh, just now, just before we started to record this podcast, is uh, we've had a, at auctions of, of, of 10-year bonds as well. That's seen bond yields fall quite a bit as well. What's that telling us? Well, it's an interesting uh, uh, sort of event, if you like, within the, the bond market. Um, the market was looking at the, the new issuance for, for this week uh, as a test, if you like, to, to the move up in yields that we've seen that I think it's been seven consecutive days, essentially, since the beginning of the year. And they wanted to see whether the market was still... Um, you know, willing to sell uh, treasuries or whether there was enough appetite. And, and what we've seen is that uh, the auction has performed very well. Uh, it traded or the, the, the yield uh, was one basis point below uh, the, the market level. So, uh, and what we've seen now in the past couple of uh, minutes, if you like, half an hour has been a, um, a decline in 10-year treasury yields to 114. So, if it's sustained for the end of the day, then it will be the first decline in, in treasury yields since the beginning of the year. So, so it's an interesting development. And again, it's showing that at current levels, there is actually appetite to hold treasury yields, uh, bearing in mind as well that U.S. treasury yields are a lot higher compared to, for instance, what we've seen in Europe and, and other core yields as well. So um, it, it does give a little bit of respite to the but sell-off. what does that tell us when we've got trillions of dollars of, uh, of government bonds down the track? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things there. So, of course, you know, we, we have trillions of issuance coming uh, based on all the stimulus that has already been committed by the U.S. Um, but we also have a Fed that is, is willing to buy a fair bit of that uh, every month. Um, what what the market is now is grappling mm. with is, um, you know, press, uh, 
President-elect Biden will make the big speech on Thursday in terms of his proposal for more stimulus. Um, now, the, the big question there is not only how, how big is that number going to be. Biden made a reference of being in the trillions number, um, but it's unclear whether he's referring to his whole fiscal plan or to, to this sort of pandemic stimulus. Um, and also what is unclear is whether there, there will be enough support in the Congress in order to pass all, all, all these uh, spending measures. So, so the market is awaiting to see whether uh, exactly what that number looks like and what is the appetite from Congress to, to support a, a big number. Uh, and of course, as you say, that will challenge the view of whether there will still be appetite to hold Treasury yields at current levels if there's yeah. another wall of issuance coming as well. And yet we've still got Robert Kaplan. He was talking from the Dallas Fed, talking again overnight, reiterating, uh, actually it was on Monday, their time, uh, that you know there's going to be strong growth after the, the vaccine and uh, and the Fed can look at tapering its bond buying. Uh, that, that's sort of ignoring the fact that there's, there's still going to be a lot of bonds out there. Yes. So, so the interesting thing is that uh, the, the narrative coming from Fed speakers over the past week, really, it's all about, um, you know, that the economy will recover. Uh, also emphasizing that the, the start of 2021 is going to be a very soft one. Kaplan made a reference that we may even see a negative print in Q1, although he's hopeful it won't happen. Um, but uh, for the year, the outlook in terms of economic growth for, for the US is still pretty robust, uh, close to four and a half to five percent. Um, so on, on that, on that view, the, 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 the thinking is that we come towards the end of 2021 and the economy is really growing really strongly, then there's enough room, assuming that the, the unemployment rate declines below 5%, to start talking about tapering. Uh, but there's a lot of ifs, um, uh, but at, at the moment, the, the sort of consensus appears to be for the Fed that talk of tapering will be will be you know, a, a discussion point uh, before the end of 2021. Do you think there's a danger that there's too much optimism going on? We've been here before, haven't we? I mean, now, obviously, we do have the vaccine hanging over us, which is a, a positive, but we've still got almost 2,000 deaths a day happening in the United States. Today in the UK, in fact, over 1,200 deaths reported. I mean, these are staggering numbers. Uh, you know, and, and we've we've also seen the only other numbers we've really seen uh, over the last 24 hours is uh, small business optimism in the United States fell to 95.9, which is a fall of 5.5 points. But the uncertainty index uh, down 8 points to 82. 8% of owners think it's a good time to expand their business. So presumably the rest don't. Uh, and sales expectations looking pretty bleak as well. I mean, it's a long way from over, isn't it? It is certainly a long way from over. And, and I think that uh, we need to be wary of the fact that you know, to some extent, the market is, is almost priced to perfection. And uh, not only when you think about the equity market, but when you look at sort of the Aussie dollar, it's been on a, on a tear for, for weeks now. So um, so certainly uh, there's the risk that the, the near-term uncertainties from COVID and the implication it has on economic activity uh, probably have been underestimated. And uh, and that, that the recovery that is expected to come from, from the vaccines and all the stimulus spending um, will take a little bit longer to actually uh, realize in terms of economic activity. So certainly um, this, that is the risk for, for the near term. Um, and then the other risk, of course, is, is um, whether the recovery doesn't actually eventuate and doesn't, doesn't produce that improvement, in, in particularly in the level market uh, across the economies in the globe, uh, as quickly as many would expect. And all the stuff that's going on in Washington, the impeachment proceedings, the, the fact that Democrats have issued this ultimatum to Mike Pence to declare Donald Trump unfit for office, obviously that's going to that's go nowhere. But nobody seems to care too much about this in the markets. I guess they would if uh, if we see something else erupting. 
Uh, but I mean, if we did see something happening, I'm not sure what 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 changes it would drive. Yeah, I think that I mean, to be fair, when when the the news began about the impeachment, we did did see a reaction in the in the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar strengthened, and now we've seen a bit of a reversal of that as the market kind of comes to the conclusion that this is a, a, a political sort of process that is not really going to go anywhere because you still need uh, eventually uh, you know the two third majority in favor of a conviction in the Senate, uh, but nevertheless. Uh, it looks like politicians in the Democrats in particular in the US are determined to go ahead. So expectations are now for this vote on, on, on impeachment to, to take place tomorrow uh, or overnight. And then um, and essentially that means that, um, you know, the process will go into the Senate and, and, and uh, it is expected to, you know, not to, not to get uh, the, the required votes. But it's a process that will sort of. Uh, take its course um, and and potentially won't be enough time to actually go through before um, you know the inauguration of, of President Biden. So um, the market is sort of putting that aside, but certainly I think there's a level of uncertainty in terms of a, a real test of of the Republicans uh, in terms of the support to President Trump uh, when it comes to to the vote uh, in the Senate. So there will be a little bit of uncertainty around that, uh, but the market is certainly traveling with a little bit more comfort about this uh, compared to a couple of days ago. Now, can we read anything into the uh, the the new uh, Juan loans in China? They were uh, a little more than expected, but still down on December. 1.3 trillion Juan, down from 1.4 trillion. Sounds like rather a lot. In fact, talking about big numbers, the, the broad money supply, the M2 money supply, increased by 10% year on year uh, last year in China. But uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, a good sign that uh, uh, the demand for loans is, is falling and, uh, you know, they're, they're getting back, well, they get back on their feet. They never fell that far, did they, really? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that there's a couple of sort of important things to, to note. One, we know that PVOC has been talking about, um, you know, sort of it's starting to, to reduce or tighten, if you like, the, the, the money supply. And we've seen a little bit of evidence there in, in December. As you say, on a year-on-year basis, it's been a 10% rise. But on the month-on-month movement, there has actually been a bit of a decline. So that, again, is showing sort of early signs of, of, of the measures that PVOC talked about uh, late last year in terms of tr- trying to introduce a little bit of a slowdown in terms of this huge amount of, of loans that we've seen in, in, in China. And, and, and a reminder that a little bit of that or more of that should be expected over the course of 2021. So the deleveraging reform, if you like, um, is, is now starting to, to take place. It's a slow process. And, and in terms of the implications it has in the economy, it works with a big lag of potentially you know 9 to, to 12 months. So slow than in terms of the stimulus that China is, is introducing, if you like, the tapering to some extent that, that China yeah. is leading again in terms of growth and, and sort of pulling back that stimulus, um, which is a theme that you know, we will be debating potentially later this year for further economies. Now, Gavin, yesterday when I asked him about, you know, the uh, the relations between Australia and China, I mean, he was, you know, sort of saying, well, maybe it's all going to, you know, ease off when once Donald Trump's there. But, uh, you know, Donald Trump has more or less gone. Josh Frydenberg uh, doesn't need to appease Donald Trump anymore. But we've got the AFAR headline today, Treasurer Blacklists China Investments. Uh, this is uh, on top of the, the pro-build acquisition ba- uh, ban that we talked about yesterday, uh, that he's going to extend it to more China state-owned corporations. So I mean, could this spread further? Could we see more import bans in China, less students in colleges here, less property investment? I mean, it, it, it could spread, couldn't it? 
Well, I think that the risk is certainly that this tit-for-tat sort of dynamic between China and, and Australia uh, is is not going away in a hurry. Um, the the response from um, the embassy yesterday in terms of uh, the the decision to 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 ban the the, the buy um, is, is 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 you know it had a strong response. Uh, the China said that is deeply concerned about the the, the reports of pro build. Uh, and it's also criticized the weaponization of the concept of national security to block Chinese investments in Australia. So um, the tensions, unfortunately, don't look to be going away in a hurry. And, and it's certainly a theme to, to, to keep an eye on, particularly in terms of any response, if you like, uh, coming from China as well. Now, uh, inflation and jobs, two things we want to keep an eye on around the world right now. So we get the Aussie job vacancies out today. Uh, we get uh, US inflation numbers out tonight. And central bankers are out in force as well, trying to desperately make sense of it all. From the Fed, uh, we've also got uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB taking part in a, a Reuters online Q&A as well later on. Yes. So Lagarde will be interesting from the European perspective. Um, the CPI data, of course, is getting a lot of attention uh, given you know the expectations of, of a reflationary trade as, as the economy, the US economy in particular, um, faces sort of the potential for a big upliftment in growth given all the stimulus that is uh, under vaccine process that is already now uh, underway. Um, so it, it's an interesting theme. At the moment, the expectations are for the headline number uh, to rise one-tenth to 1.3, um, and, and the core reading is expected to remain unchanged at 1.6. The theme within the U.S. inflation is, is really how much of a, a positive or upliftment will we get from uh, energy prices? We've got to remember that oil prices declined substantially last year, you know, around March because of the COVID-19 crisis. But now we're seeing that rebase effect as, as you know, uh, oil prices have recovered over the course of the past few months. So that will be reflected in inflation. And that is the, the expectations for, for inflation to rise because of that base effect. So, so it's, a bit, it's a bit of a focus of that, particularly given, yeah, you know, yeah. the increasing inflation expectations. In, in markets as well. Um, and in terms of the speakers from, from central banks, I think Governor Brainerd will be the one to watch. Uh, she's talking about economic outlook and full employment. And again, a lot of focus will be not only in the numbers in terms of how quickly she sees a recovery in the labor market, but the implications it will have in terms of when the Fed will look to you know, pull or, or taper, if you like, which is obviously the, the debate as well. Yeah, good. Excellent. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you. Uh, good to talk to you again, Rodrigo. See you soon. Cheers, Phil. Talk soon. Uh, well, we are really back into the swing of it now, aren't we? That's it for the morning call for this Wednesday morning. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.